Last week we were looking at the uh, how to know God through creation. We looked at the work of creation, when, how and why uh, this creation. We looked at the wonder of creation and we then could see the omniscience of God, his all-knowingness. He knows everything. He put it together. His omnipresence, he's everywhere present, wherever you go. In Psalm 139 that we looked at, at that, if you go to the furthest parts of the planet, there he is. You go to the furthest parts of the universe, you can't escape God. And uh, he's omnipresent. We looked at his omnipotence, his power is displayed in creation. And so <clears throat> we have to answer to this God one day. We need to get ready to do so and prepare ourselves throughout life to, to know him. <clears throat> Last week I, was, I left the introductory notes home. I, I found them at home. They weren't here. No one stole them. Mr. Dunn didn't take them. <laughs> but just in Usher's chronology of the earth, 600 and in 2004 is supposed to be 6,000 years old, according to Usher. And there's another one that worked it out separate from Usher, and that's that Isaac Newton. And if you went through school and studied some of these people and what they did, uh, he just... <laughs> Maybe we don't like him for this, but he's dis discovered calculus. <laughs> Remember going to school and trying to do that? And our children going through it again, <laughs> learning it all again. But he was the one that uh, put in the law of gravity, Newton's law of gravity, a mathematician, um, <clears throat> an astronomer, a physicist, the Newton's force in fact you learnt his name he was called newton's uh let's see one newton of force is the force required to accelerate an object from of one kilogram one meter per second per second that was the law and it's just a law when you're in science classes you, you have to get it this is a statement of fact and it doesn't change until God changes the laws, it'll stay the same. And there's so many equations like that. But he can be contribute. That can can be contributed to him. He was a Christian theologian, and a majority of those that discovered these Faraday, others, Newton, uh, electricity, what what, uh, they were Christians that discovered these. They were thinking God's thoughts after him. It's wonderful to know that secular. People don't tell you that. <clears throat> so he was another one that said that the world started about 4,000 years. He's only four, out, four years out in his calculations uh, to usher in his chronology. But we know that this world is headed for being packed up one day, <laughs> folded up as a garment, put away, finished, done. Grow waxes old, as the scriptures say. Uh, but in the meantime, he blesses us with a consistent uh, creation, the, the, the laws behave as he has set them down. Wonderful to have a God like that. He knows what he's doing and he's done what he's done. And you know, he did it for us. He made it to be inhabited by human beings and to enjoy the creation. And in Psalm 19, we go and how to know God again through creation. We continue the thought. We see the first point here today is the witness of creation in Psalm 19. If you haven't turned there, you go back there and look up the outline in the bulletin and you have a, a blank there, the witness of creation. 
Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide us through these thoughts today. Uh, wonderful thoughts, what the Lord has done. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your thoughts upon us before the world was, for your compassion, concern and love that sent your, your Son, our Saviour, to redeem us, knowing full well that we would fall into sin and we would be born sinners and we needed salvation. Thank you for all these things. But, Lord, the creation you have given us, that you have put under our care we thank you for it we thank you for the daily provisions our food the water the air everything that we have is a gift from god and oh that more people in this prodigal planet would recognize from whose hand all these things come and lord if there is a person that's not saved here today May they bow before you, humble themselves and receive salvation and recognize the, the great things you've done. Lord, be with those that <coughs> cannot be here, as has been prayed already for those that aren't well. Thank you for those that are back with us. We pray, Lord, for your strength upon Brother Susai and the family going through this a very trying time for this next year. We pray your grace and mercy be upon them and strengthen our brother's mortal body. Lord, we thank you for our missionaries as they are in far-flung places and away from family and especially this time of the year when they have been used to being with family. We pray for strength for them and meet that need through your grace in their lives. Lord, bless us now as we consider your word and open it for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the witness of creation <clears throat> we'll be going through this uh, several times looking at it at different angles uh, <clears throat> it is a witness first of all of God's glory this is what it witnesses of for the heavens declare the glory of God secondly how long does it witness for in verse 2 it witnesses all the time unceasingly everywhere <laughs> you've heard the the statement of unsaved people well what about the people that are in places where there's no missionaries to tell them about the word of god what is there this is a witness at all places at all time unceasing day and night it goes on according to verse 2 day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge to, to whom does it witness? Well, verses 3 to 4 tells us there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It, everybody, everybody, no matter what language, this is the language that can be understood. It's the power of God on display through his created, creative acts. The line has gone through all the earth. There was the ends of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Um, <clears throat> Once we have seen and heard and witnessed his creation, we become responsible to seek him. And the Lord has said, if we seek him, we'll be found by him. So the Lord in his providence will guide that person to, the, to hear someone that proclaims the word of truth 
The real problem is that many nations once had the truth and have what done? Walked away from it. They've abandoned the truth. They all knew that Noah's Ark happened. In fact, that's a tradition amongst most societies and most nations that there is a record of a man in a boat in a flood. And that's not that long ago, just over 4,400 4, so years ago that that, that happened and that, that is everywhere. And, and the evidence of the flood is everywhere too, everywhere in every nation. And uh, amazingly, I think the Lord is giving the scientists a bit of a slap around and, and they're find, finding soft tissue in dinosaur bones. <laughs> and it shouldn't be there. No, billions of years there. That's still there. Uh, read on these things and become excited about what they're finding. You can read the secular scientists though, and they, they are saying, this is, this is so. How can it be so? Well, we know. <laughs> Who has done this ought to be our question. Turning to the book of Job, one of the oldest of the books of the Bible. It's not, in, it's not where Genesis is, but it's Job recording. It's after the flood because he talks about clouds and rain. It didn't rain before the flood. It rained after the flood, so it's in that period of time. <clears throat> Job chapter 9 and reading at verse 5. <clears throat> he it is who removeth the mountains, and they know not, who overturneth them in his anger, who shaketh the earth out of its place, and the pillars of, the, of it tremble, who commandeth the sun, and it rise, riseth not, and sealeth up the stars, who alone spreadeth out of the heavens, and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, who maketh Artruus, uh, Orion, and Pelides, and the chambers of the south. Who doth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number, said Job. Who is, yeah, who is this? That's what he's saying here. Who's done these things? I can see them. Who made them? <clears throat> if you see a machine, something that man has cre uh, put together, created, designed, manufactured, who did it? Who did it? The question should be always there. We said it last week. We say it again this week. In Job chapter 12 and verse 6. 12 and verse 6 down to 10. The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. But ask now the beast... And they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these things that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing that breatheth, and of all mankind? Again, who? Well... Who knoweth these things? It's God that has wrought this. It's God that has done this. Every living thing is, owes and can contribute their being to him. Chapter 37 of the book of Job and verse 18. 37 and 18. It reads, Hast thou 
with him spread out the sky, which is strong and as a molten, molten looking glass. <laughs> it's a reflection of the glory of God to see this, see the creative acts of God. These are a witness unto us and are not to be worshipped according to Deuteronomy chapter 4, which a lot of people have in the past and maybe the present worshipped. And uh, what is your sign? I ask that tongue-in-cheek because I don't know what mine is because I've never looked it up. (laughs) I don't go by that. And we don't as Christians go by that, the the stars and things. in, in their doing that. I think they have that in the newspaper every day, don't they? And, and you know, you, you, if you know, if you think what they say is going to happen, it probably will because you make it happen. And it's not, it's not odd. God has said, don't worship them. God makes us responsible. God has shown it unto men even the invisible things of his being, his power and his Godhead. They have rejected it. Therefore, God has given them up. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1, and it clearly, plainly tells us, and this is for Australia today, this portion of Scripture. This speaks loudly to us. This has been mentioned, though not quoted, in the media. Romans chapter 1. We are responsible, and if we reject it, God holds us accountable and will bring us into judgment. In verse 18, we start in Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They don't believe the evidence that's everywhere. (laughs) holding the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. They have a conscience. God's built it in. For God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him, his power, his glory and majesty that we can't see right now, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. The creative acts of God, even his eternal power and Godhead, those unseen things, so that they are without what? Nobody will be able to stand before the judgment of God and say, you didn't tell me. So as long as they looked up at the sky at night, looked around the world and looked inside of their, and, 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 and their own being, they are without excuse. So if you're here today and you say, well, God hasn't spoken to me, he hasn't knocked on my door, uh, he has too. He's done it every day and night and of all your life. Because when they knew God, notice what happened in verse 21. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Haven't we got a wicked world like that? That is not thankful for the things that he's given and provided for us but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. When you turn from truth, there's nothing else but darkness. Professing themselves to be wise, they've become fools and have changed the glory of God in, of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They're worshipping the creature more than the creator. They're worshipping the creature more than those that are made in his image. Us beings, us human beings. And then what do they get into? What happens then? Wherefore God gave them up. 
He said, what more can I show you? How can I get through to you? Humanity, listen. World, listen. Watch, look, discover. And God's given them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Sensual idolatry, worshipping the things that God has blessed us with and turning them, twisting them completely the other way. Who change the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did exchange the natural use for that which is against nature. And likewise also their men, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, have burned in their lust one toward another. If you can interpret this in any other manner, like they try to twist this, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is sexual impurity, and we have it everywhere in our society, and it's illegal to speak against it. Who would have thought of us who are older that it would ever come to this? And then social insanity happens, as you read on in those verses there. You see, they've turned from the light to darkness and God's given them up and let them go. It's like when you try to discipline a child that, and you keep doing it and doing it and they won't listen. It's a point you say, I'm going to leave them with God and see what he will do. Or, or they just go off into darkness. Sad to see. God's witness has gone out. <clears throat> he has seen to it. That it's gone everywhere. If you just turn over in Romans 10, verses 16 through to 18. Romans 10, 16 to 18. It reads there, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Remember the time when Isaiah lived? They're about to go into captivity. A few decades they'd be into taken captive to Assyria and Babylon. And... <clears throat> As I said, who has believed our report? What? I can preach and I can preach till I'm blue in the face, as it were, but no one's listening. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember what's just gone on before here? It's the wonderful passage in verses 9 to 10 to tell you how to become a Christian. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, thou shalt be saved. And then this is talked of and Isaiah is quoted here. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but I say... Have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went all in all the earth, and their words on the end of the world. But I say, did not, Israel, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, by the Gentiles, and by a foolish nation. I will anger you, he said to Israel. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found by them that sought me not. Praise the Lord. Most of us here are... We're found, are being found by, or we found the Lord that we didn't seek. The Lord has been gracious in giving us the gospel for 2,000 years. I was manifest unto them that asked not after me. Israel did, but the Gentiles didn't. And Israel walked away from the wonderful truth. Have they not heard? But who has believed our report? Is the gospel going out today everywhere? They have no excuse. They can get on the internet and they can hear sermons from all over the world, from all different churches like us that are putting it up there. Uh, <clears throat> in Psalm 8 verse 3, 
through to 5 and 9, it reads, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honour. And then later, O Lord, our Lord, in verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Earth. (laughs) Yes, when we consider these things, we know there is a creator. God is revealed in nature in Psalm 19 verses 1 to 6. He's revealed in scripture in the following verses after that, verse 7 and 11. And is revealed in experience from verse 12 to the end of that chapter, Psalm 19. Look at either the skies and you come face to face with God. Look at the scriptures and you come face to face with God. <laughs> Look at your soul and consider how fearfully and wonderfully you're made. And that my soul knoweth right well. You're face to face with God. No matter which way you turn and where you look, up, out or in, you're face to face with God. And you have no excuse. The skies reveal God's glory. The scriptures reveal his greatness. The soul reveals his grace that he bestows upon us freely. By the grace of God we are saved, it tells us in the book of Ephesians, not by works which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. Ah, not by works. The revelation of God in the skies, his glory is seen, is fivefold, and we're back onto the outline there that we have. The revelation of God in nature, fivefold. It is specific. They don't speak of God's will, grace, mercy and love, but they do declare, as we've already said, his wisdom, power, glory and goodness. The heavens declare the glory of God. What did you notice in the word heaven? What does it say? Heavens. Three. <laughs> there are three that we know of in, according to scripture. There's the atmospheric heaven, the place that makes our planet blue <laughs> as we look up. It's wonderful. That's um, made up of 21, I, I checked this out, 21% oxygen, and I didn't know I was breathing so much nitrogen, 78% nitrogen, and, uh, and, and we're sniffing on 1% argon. What do, you, what do you use argon for? I know I've heard it. Welding. Okay. <laughs> I knew I'd heard it before. Argon welder? No? Okay. <laughs> well, just looking at the people that are involved in that. But that, that's what the atmosphere is made of. And it goes up quite a way, and they send the rockets out there, the space, the shuttles and things through it. It's just right for us to breathe. Isn't that a miracle? It just happened to be like that. No, it was created like that. <laughs> so that we, it could sustain life. And the astronauts that go out and look back, they, are, they marvel at the place we call home. And then the further they get away, it becomes a smaller speck. And they marvel at the wonder of it. There's home. And all the problems down on, on, the, on the planet. And they're way out there and they're just looking back and moving from it. When you remove yourself from, from the world. You know, I did, a few, I did a bit of thinking. You know, we get an average rainfall here of just under 30 inches or... At, 
you know what an inch is, don't you? 25 mil <laughs> times 30. <laughs> I think it's 750 mils in Albury. And might get a bit less out in the farm. If we get 25 mils of rain, that's four tonne of water on your roof, an average size roof, four tonnes of water, four cars up there, with one inch. You think of this, one tonne for every 40 square metres, and you've got an average block size maybe of 800 square metres, and uh, that produces 20 tonnes with one inch of rain. You know, it, the, so, the, the, the figures are enormous when you start thinking about that. 600 tonnes a year, God blesses you with on your little block of land, on average in Albury. Not lately, not the last two years, you've had half that. 100 tonnes for an acre, if you've got an acre of land, or 3,000 tonnes a year. Now, for the farmers that are here, <laughs> eh, a thousand, well, hundred thousand tons for a thousand acres with one inch of rain. A hundred thousand tons. That's a lot. You know those white things you see people pulling around in trailers. Those white containers, are old oil. Con Glenn knows all about them. Those oil containers. They get a thousand liters. That's, that's if you fill that with water. That's one ton. That's a thousand liters. But you think of these farmers that are in our midst. If you get an average of twenty-five mil, what is it out at Brock? Brocklesby, what's the average rain? 21. I was looking at about 25, I guessed. But 21, I'd, I've worked it on 25 inches. That's, you get on your thousand, if you've got a thousand acres, <coughs> you get 2.5 million tonnes of water a year. Now, where is all that? Where does it come from? It's in those little fluffy clouds floating floating in the air <laughs> aren't you glad it doesn't all come down at once <laughs> that's what happens in the tropical storms and things that went through Fiji just yesterday was it but God is able to do this and you, you look at that where does it come from well it, it, it rains as it says in scripture and it falls on the earth and it runs into the creeks and it runs out of the ocean and the Bible says yet the oceans are not full <laughs> Why? Because it's evaporating again, coming in, raining, and going back in. And what is it doing all that time? It's feeding us. It's making the food and the trees grow and the fruit. You see, all these things we should appreciate. Looking just at the first heaven. That's the first heaven where these things happen. The fluffy clouds are not so fluffy <laughs> when they can produce such weight in water. And, you know, you can get 25 mils an hour easily. And be in up in Brisbane there they've got that more in in less or far less time just recently and that all falls down as a blessing of God and God's blessing can be withheld and I think they are being withheld from us when Israel sinned God withheld the rain that was the main thing that he used to say hey remember me and I think he's doing it for us too remember me there's the atmospheric heaven. The heavens declare the glory of God. Let's go to the next heaven. It's the stellar heaven. Day unto day it utters speech. How does it utter, utter speech? And I'm not into it, and I went for a, looking from a book that it was on the stars, and I couldn't, a Christian book, and I couldn't find it. And, uh, but just from memory, Leo, that's one of the constellations speaks of who? 
Jesus Christ as the line of the tribe of Judah. We have in where we live the Southern Cross. <laughs> and every time I look up, I'm reminded of the Lord dying on the cross. He's written the message in the stars. There's the, <clears throat> there's, I don't know if it's a, it's a woman or a man standing on a serpent's head. Hello? <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Scorpio, is it? I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't know, haven't looked into that. But the message is there. And I'm sure, I'm going to ask Adam <laughs> to be sure when we get there, maybe the Lord would be better to us. But did the Lord tell you about all these constellations and what they mean way back then? Did he not tell you about, you know, how the picture is painted in the heavens and we can see with our eyes what he has done, the stellar heavens. Turn to Job again. Well, we've looked at chapter 9, haven't we? Verses 9 and 10, where it talks about those three different constellations there. But Psalm 147 and verse 4. Psalm 147 verse 4. We read this. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. <laughs> he doesn't only name us, but he names the stars. Now, <clears throat> remember when your children were born? What did you, ha what did you and your wife do? You, what did you have to do? And then and they legally wrote it down. Name them. You had to name the children. And sometimes, oh, no, I want this one, I want that one. Oh, well, give it as a second or third name, whatever. <laughs> you know, talk to Andrew, he knows how to get names. I think he's got three for each of them over in Israel. And they all mean something. He's looked into what they mean if you look at the names of the kids. But na naming the stars. Now, scientists know now that there, there's billions of galaxies with billions of stars in each of them now you try to find a name for everybody i mean all of them <laughs> and i don't think it's numbers like we used to to do stars and a one two or whatever they they do that to to name and identify stars <clears throat> but he's named them all this is the stellar heaven this is how wonderful our, and great our god is in isaiah 40 verse 26 it tells us also that he names them he tells us in Genesis 1.16, he's put the sun for a day and the moon and stars for the night, to rule the night. <clears throat> it's, uh, I put it down here, it's ginormous. <laughs> millions and millions and millions for every individual that's ever been born on planet Earth is the number of stars. And then as <laughs> the Lord said to, to Abraham, wasn't when he gave him the covenant, that look up to the stars. And this is the number of your children. They're going to come, the ones that he could see. Enormous. Then there's the third heaven. The heavens declare the glory of God. The atmospheric, the stellar, and we're just touching on a few things. Then there's the third heaven. <clears throat> Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 2 to 4. Second Corinthians 12, 2. Where Paul said, <clears throat> I knew a man in Christ, he was a Christian, about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, whether he was dead or alive. 
he cannot tell. God knows. Such a one caught up to where? The third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How he was caught up into, what's it called? Paradise. That's what the third heaven is called, paradise. And I heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for man to utter. <laughs> of such a one will I glory, yet I of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. And it's believed that it was Paul himself that went to that place, having been stoned at Lystra given up for dead and dragged out but he came back to life <laughs> but he was there caught up to the third heaven this is not a near-death experience this is a death experience <laughs> where he well he says in or out of the body i cannot tell but he was he saw the third heaven he heard the things that he heard and the lord said to the thief on the cross in luke 23 43 today thou shalt be with me in where paradise third heaven today how long did it take to get there <laughs> no time time isn't relevant <laughs> in eternity that and and, and with these people they don't need to get in a space rocket or a suit or whatever to get there they're there <laughs> and when we're absent from the body where we're present with the lord is heaven and so it's specific <clears throat> the second point there it's Incessant. I think they're blanks to fill in. Consider these witnesses themselves, and it's yeah, this is back in Psalm 19, verse 2. Day unto day uttereth speech. That tells us all the time. It's incessant. It's knocking at our door on our conscience. When we're unsaved all the time. The firmament in verse 1. The camp of the starry worlds. They show God's glory by their number, their variety, their brightness, their beauty and their movements. I was just reading. How, how can they detect which way things are going? And they get one star, another star. And they line it up from earth and see whether it's moving ever so slightly. But if it's billions and trillions of light years away, that movement is massive. <laughs> but to us, it looks like it's hardly moved. And it might be over months that they detect this. And pr pretty smart, aren't they? Have you ever done it? I don't think any of us go, hey, any of us get here, not by GPS, but by the stars like the old fellas did. Could, could, could you find you, where you were in the world by the stars? I don't think any of us could here. Any mariners here? <laughs> I don't think so. One day they might need all that when God <laughs> turns off all the gas, the water, electricity, the satellites and everything else. Bang. And then you, you might say, which way is not? I was talking to someone the other day. Where is he? He's not here. Brother Vivian. He said, north, south. You refer to these places. Where are they? <laughs> well, north's that way. Well, how do you know? Well, the sun's over that way. That's where, that, that's where it, it comes up in the east and it sets in the west. And so you, you stand like that and you say, that's north. Can, you can do that, can't you? I mean, <laughs> you can find where you are uh, when you get lost in Sydney and Melbourne. You, you, and you haven't got a GPS and you haven't got your Melways, the old thing. Yeah. What do you do? Well, if I'm in Melbourne, I just look around and find Mount Dandenong and the towers. And, oh, okay, that's... 
east. <laughs> and then you can just make tracks and, and go that way. If you're heading that way, or away from it. But Sydney, no. Nah. <laughs> you get lost, you're lost. <laughs> There's no one, well, unless you can see the city. But for, the, for those from Sydney, you'll come and rebuke me afterwards. <laughs> But God has said all these things. He's got it all in order. Aren't you glad? The firmament, the starry hosts are there. And for those guys that went around the world in the ships way back, they come into new territory, new stars, new night skies. They had to learn it all as they went. And they weren't silly men. They knew what they were up to. But they could give God the glory that he could give them guidance. And as they come round the other side, and it's not a flat, no, any flat earthers here, please don't tell me. <laughs> but as you come around the other side, they would, oh, here are, here's old familiar stars again. And it would have been amazing. We've gone around the globe. We've come back. The days are a testimony too. Day unto day. What's witnessing the, the sun, the power of the sun? When you think that our little planet and the sun shining all around, but our little planet gets that heat from the sun, which raises all that water into the air that drops on the earth, but that is going out in all directions from the sun. There's a lot of power unharnessed in the sun, and the billions and trillions of stars, all that power. How did it happen? God spoke it on a day into existence. We have to say our God is so great. Our God is powerful. Our God is glorious. This is the one. This is the one that sent his son to die for you and me. If his power is glorious, his love to do such a thing for us human beings is wonderful, isn't it? Are you thankful? I pray that you are, that he has done this. The nights speak as well in their stillness and give unfailing witness, a grand story, ever affirming with great authority that God is the creator. And for scientists who see these things and study these things and don't believe, they will be held accountable. It's inaudible. So it's specific, it's incessant, it goes on all the time. It's inaudible, a silent witness, we might say. In verse 3, their speech nor, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. No, they're not saying anything, <laughs> but it is heard. Their testimony breathed out and poured forth is inarticulate. It's not being heard by the ears, but it's been seen by the eyes. A little four-line poem here. What? Though in solemn silence all move around this dark terrestrial ball, in reason's ear they all rejoice and utter forth a glorious voice. Uh, <clears throat> just appropriate for that, you'd have to think through that one. It's universal, verse 4. They, these are testimonies, the heavens. <laughs> there are celestial missionaries. The sun, the moon, and stars are God's traveling preachers. They are apostles upon their journey, confirming those who love and regard the Lord. They are judges on circuits, condemning those who worship idols. And it is glorious, verse 5 and 6. 
we read, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, the sun, and rejoices like a strong man to run the race. His going forth is from end, from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hidden from the heat thereof. <coughs> we can say that in Australia, can't we, in this summer? Nothing hidden from the heat thereof. Are you trying to escape it these last few days, those last few weeks? We've got a few months to go yet. But uh, <coughs> the heat thereof, it's a testimony to the power and the glory of God. It is glorious. Like a <coughs> bridegroom, full of joy, and as a runner, full of strength to run the race. But as great as all these things are, notice, and we won't go there, but verse 7 through to 9. What does it talk about then? <coughs> the scriptures. As great as the testimony is all around us and every day and night, there's the unveiling of God in the word of God. The revelation from scripture. And we'll do that in a few more studies in the future. We move next to the waiting of creation. Turn to Romans chapter 8. All of creation is waiting, anticipating a deliverance from the bondage of corruption, as it tells us clearly in these verses. When Romans 8 and verse 18, I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. So the creatures are not humans because the humans are mentioned as the sons of the Lord. For the create creature was made subject to vanity not willing but by reason of him who was subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption from the effects of the fall into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. <clears throat> what did the Lord say would happen if he didn't come back? There should no life be left on earth. He said, unless those days be shortened, there should no flesh be left on earth. The creation is groaning and constantly more and more. As we take over more and more, it's groaning. I was talking to someone this week. Was it one night this week, I believe? <clears throat> Australia is drying up, and it's not just now. It's been doing it for ages, since not long after the flood. The Ice Age happened after the flood, and now it's been drying. How do we know? Because down in the middle of the desert in caves, they found kangaroos and wombats where there's no vegetation. They once were there. And slowly, it is drying from the centre out. Yeah, sad to say, but you see, in the generations over our time, it doesn't seem like it's happening, but it does. It is. And uh, things, people will be moving to the coast. Where do most people live in Australia? On the east coast. On the east, where it's green. <laughs> or, or down in Emerald. Emerald means green. Down there. <laughs> I'm about Queensland, Emerald. Don't know, I've never been there. Is it green? No, no, okay. 
but <clears throat> the waiting of creation, it's groaning and travailing in pain together till now. Its earnest expectation is to be delivered from this bondage. And over in the book of Isaiah, we haven't time to turn there, but chapters 11, verse 6 to 10, it talks there about in Christ's kingdom and how things will be changed around. And it tells us there in the scriptures, his rest will be glorious. His rest to this world, to this creation will be glorious. I was <coughs> reading an article on, the, on heaven and it was talking about our heavenly home, but then it got to talk about the, the Lord's kingdom. The Lord's coming initiates the restoration of the Davidic kingdom at that time. Christ will destroy the evil Antichrist rule, set up his own rule and reign on the earth, according to Luke chapter 1, verse 31 to 33 there. And to us the child is born. And there it reveals what will happen in the future through him. Jesus, King, David's direct descendant, promised he will return to earth and establish world peace his rule will restore the theocratic kingdom that vanished when adam sinned his reign is called the millennium because jesus will preside over a thousand years of peace prosperity and plenty as never before experienced in history since god created the garden of eden the nation of israel god's vehicle for this restoration through christ will be regenerated its sins forgiven and redeemed filled with the holy spirit all these have got umpteen verses attached to them, these statements. Israel's 12 tribes will be reunited in one nation, Ezekiel 37. The land will be given back to them and divided up in strips per, per their tribes and restored to them. The Jewish people will have an everlasting possession. During the, this kingdom, the, the land will be productive as never before. The world groans waiting in earnest expectation for these things to happen. It continues, the world's social order will be restructured and the weapons of war will be melted down into farm implements, Isaiah 2.4. Peace, personal and political, justice, along with prolonged life, will prevail throughout the world. Even the curse that God pronounced on creation after the fall of humanity is lifted and the animal life will live in peace and not chew each other. Well, it doesn't say that. I said that. But well, it won't be, as the evolutionists say, read in truth tooth and claw anymore. Jerusalem will become the world's capital. You, not Brussels. <laughs> not United Nations in America. No, it will be Jerusalem. Christ will rule over all nations that must come under his authority and annually to worship it at Jerusalem. And uh, it will be established. The theocracy where God rules over the world. Right now, the God of this world is Satan himself, as it says in Scripture. And we were all under him. The waiting of creation is the earnest expectation for this rest to come that is glorious. The wasting of creation, the last point there, the renovation of this world. First, uh, Second Peter, just two verses. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 6. <clears throat> we have this written. It once was wasted back at Noah's flood, <coughs> about 4,400 4, years ago, a bit over that, by which the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So it's perished once before, 
except for eight souls, Noah and his family. It was wasted then, and it's going to be wasted again, as it says in the next verse. But the heavens and earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the judgment, the, uh, the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Once was with a fire, the next with a flood. People get upset when God does what he does and said what he said he's going to do. But he's the authority. He's the one we submit to. Uh, <clears throat> the creation is certainly now being decimated by man and will be even more so decimated than it is according to Revelation 11 verse 18 where it says that they wasted the earth. They decimated the earth. Mankind did. But God one day will renovate it for usefulness and renew it according to Second Peter 3 later on in this chapter verses 10 to the end of the chapter. Where will you be when creation suffers its fatal blow? How do you know you'll be where you think you'll be? <laughs> according to the word. You'll be safe in the arms of Jesus. When the wasting of this world happens, but there will be those on earth that go through some of these things. Terrible, terrible time to look forward to. There, there's no hope in that. Huh? But there is a blessed hope. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of who? Our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Where will you be when creation suffers its fatal blow? How does this affect your life now? Your goals and ambitions when you think of what's going to happen to the things that the planet we live on. I think it should change our worldview, knowing what God has said about these things. Are we going to bow before him and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me one of your children. By faith, I believe. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Throughout the scriptures, great promises are given, great predictions have been given and many fulfilled. Many will yet be fulfilled. Lord, we believe it by faith. As it has happened, it will happen again. It's been flooded. It will be burnt. And I pray, Lord, that we each one would be prepared to meet our God and to give an account to him. Christians and Lord, non-Christians, may they get ready and prepared by faith today. And Lord, bless the message as it goes out today from here and many other places. It's faithfully proclaimed. Bring people to yourself. May they see your wonder, your glory and your splendor and bow in humble surrender to you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.